Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Our guest is George Sun, head of global markets for Greater China at BNP Paribas. George, one way to look at it is a headline in the South China Morning Post that President Xi is looking to fresh faces uh, to confront this new term. And uh, so there are a number of, of security individuals uh, in the uh, in the sort of top seven ranking here, um, people with experience in science and technology and security, but not so much in the economy. Um, I'm interested in your take on that. And I, I know you think not much will change, but it implies something, doesn't it? Uh, thank you. Good morning. Thanks, Brian. Um, well, um, there are four gentlemen who were in charge of the economic policy during the last five years uh, who are moving on. They're retiring. Uh, so Li Keqiang, the premier, Liu He, the economic czar, Yi Gang, PBOC governor, and Guo Suqing, the banking regulator. So a new set of economic leaders are going to need to be rolled out uh, um, in due course to implement uh, President Xi's uh, economic policies going forward. As you said, uh, the, the top seven standing committee members of the Politburo um, are, are more from uh, different regions, uh, either Beijing, Guangdong, uh, Shanghai, or from ideology or anti-corruption. So they're not, uh, they have not been focused purely on the economy. Um, what's interesting is that uh, President Xi, during his speech uh, at the beginning of the Congress, he focused on economic development as well as uh, national security, whereas uh, some people had been uh, thinking maybe he would focus more on only uh, national security. So he talked about a few things. Uh, he talked about promoting the real economy rather than the financial economy. Um, talked about uh, making China a more powerful manufacturing, transportation, aerospace, internet, uh, digital economy uh, uh, participant. He talked about self-sufficiency. I think he mm -hmm. worries very – this is where the economy and national security come in. Self-sufficiency uh, self in terms of food, uh, yeah. energy, uh, mm -hmm. natural resources. Is that really possible though? I mean given China's reliance on the outside world. Um, more so than other regions. I, I think what you're not seeing in China is maybe what you're seeing in Europe right now, for example. You're not seeing the heavy reliance uh, uh, causing an energy uh, crisis in, uh, uh, in Europe. Uh, in, in, in China, actually, it's, it is getting uh, energy from Russia and other areas of the world as well. Uh, but it actually... Um, but what you're really seeing is not a, a supply problem in China. It's more of a demand problem, actually. You see consumer demand slowing down quite a lot. Um, uh, you know, the GDP number wasn't released last week, but hopefully it'll be released later this week. Uh, it may show consumer consumer confidence, consumer spending may have bottomed out, uh, but this is where they really need the economy to uh, to pick up a bit. I think um, mm -hmm. uh, it was 5.4% growth last time, uh, uh, last month uh, for consumer spending, but they need that to pick up stronger for the economy to recover. Very quickly, what do you expect that GDP number to be when we get it? 
Good question. Um, you know, in the second quarter, it was basically flat. It was basically zero in the second quarter. Economists uh, were expecting something over 3% for the third quarter, and we suspect it'll be somewhere in that area. Uh, but that brings the whole year looking like uh, about 3% or even a little bit less. So at that rate, uh, he's not going to, um, they're not going to reach uh, what he targeted, actually. Um, so they're going to need more stimulus. And uh, George, we were talking about Xi's economic agenda, and in a way, this really cements this idea of common prosperity, a, a redistribution of wealth in a more equitable way. So what does this mean for international investors as they look across the landscape in China? Oh, that, that's a very good question, actually. I think there's going to have to be a balance uh, for uh, President Xi's administration between the common prosperity, but also uh, his implicit economic growth that he's looking for. He actually reiterated the goal of raising the per capita income uh, in China to that of a mid-tier advanced country by 2035. That means, if you do some math, that means uh, China's GDP has to grow somewhere around 4.7 or even 5% a year from now until 2035. So they're going to have to put some, uh, first, some stimulus in place next year, but they're going to have to develop some areas that satisfy both the economic growth and the common prosperity. So what, what are some areas that this could be satisfied? I think he's going to focus on things like um, uh, modernizing the medical industry. Uh, so medical devices, um, uh, I think you're going to see financial support. There was recently a 1.7 trillion renminbi uh, discount loans made to the medical uh, industry, including you know, modernizing equipment like ventilators, uh, ECG, defibrillators, CT scans things like that. Uh, you're also going to see a big focus on renewable energies. That, that satisfies the common people by providing EV vehicles and batteries, but also it allows China to try to become one of the top uh, producers and consumers of uh, EV and renewable energy around the world. So what critics would say is that we're approaching um, this notion of one-man rule and that um, people would be worried that nobody would tell Xi if he's heading in the wrong direction. Um, so that sounds like a political question, but let, let's look at it from, from a, a, an investing standpoint. Uh, does it raise the risk of investing in China, and if so, in what way? Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think you could view it this way. Perhaps uh, this third term for uh, President Xi is will be a continuation of his uh, policies that he's already put into place. He's already talked about uh, common prosperity. Um, he talked about the property sector. So if you use that as an example, um, yes, indeed, the uh, both the bond and equity investors in the property sector have suffered actually because prices have uh, have fallen. But uh, if you look at it from a more national perspective, uh, um, I think uh, it feels like the government. Is is trying to nationalize or make the property sector a utility so that there'll be uh, more affordable housing for the masses. So that doesn't necessarily mean the financial markets will perform particularly well in those areas, but it does mean that the real economy, the real people will have something, uh, uh, will have an asset to, uh, to live in. So I, I think uh, you're going to have to start, we'll have to start thinking about which areas of the economy uh, satisfy the policy going forward and could have a good performance uh, in, the, uh, uh, in, in the financial markets. For example, technology. I think with the U.S. putting heavy restrictions now on semiconductors, uh, uh, whether it's chips or manufacturing equipment or even human capital going to China, China will have to grow their homegrown uh, technology companies. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you look at uh, uh, since Biden announced this uh, new semiconductor regulation a few weeks ago, the China's uh, Chinex index, which is very heavy on homegrown uh, tech companies, that's actually rallied since that uh, announcement because they know that uh, more investments will have to be poured into that mm -hmm. sector. Well, President Xi now has absolute power, so surely he can fix the property crisis at a stroke now. 
I, I think it, 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 it doesn't mean necessarily mean fixing the uh, property uh, uh, bond or equity prices. I think what it mm. might. I think where we see where, what, what might happen is um, there might be a requirement for the property developer tycoons to pledge more assets against their existing debt. Uh, the state-owned banks may start providing uh, more fun- funding, as we've seen, to finish the construction on these uncompleted but uh, already purchased properties. Uh, and probably you'll see these uh, big SOE property companies start buying up the assets of yeah. weak or, or bankrupt uh, uh, property developers. i got to ask you briefly, the, the Nikkei's reporting that we've seen another intervention uh, on the yen in Japan, and we did see that huge bounce for the yen. Uh, is that sustainable? What happens next? Yeah, I mean, out of all the central banks, I think the uh, up until now, up until the intervention uh, um, late last week, BOJ was really the most silent of, of all the uh, central banks. So I think uh, uh, they're going to defend that 150 mark, uh, it looks like. Um, and I think that you'll probably uh, see that as a bit of a, a line in the sand. But whether that's sustainable for the long term, I think that depends on the uh, economic growth prospects uh, over in Japan. All right. George Sun, head of global markets, Greater China at BNP Paribas. Thanks so much for joining us. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Business Week, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.